0: everyone it's a good day because john benton is back <laughs> today quite that was louder than tithes and offerings quite frankly just saying <laughs> i mean when you haven't been here <laughs> no how is everybody good this morning everybody ready for the word this morning okay so we're gonna pray real quick and then we're gonna get into this morning's class so dear heavenly father we just thank you so much for everything that you've given us, for everything that you've done for us, and we just thank you for your word and all of the promises that it has in it. God, we just are so excited to be in your presence today, and we're just ready to hear what you have for us. We love you, and we praise you, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. I like how pumped up y'all are. This is a good Sunday morning right now. Man, you guys are responsive in everything. I'm so excited. (laughs) So we have been doing a series um, from our discipleship class uh, from Andrew Womack. And what I have found particularly interesting, I don't know if y'all will find it as interesting, but the people who are kind of preaching on what we're preaching on, from what I've seen, the lessons have really just really impacted us in particularly as we're teaching you. I know that when I got this lesson a few weeks ago, I read through it and it was like, holy Junk. And it just it just hit me. And it's one of the most powerful things that I've ever read. It's one, it's something that God has really, really been working on me in, and I'm just really excited to share it with you guys. And so this lesson is called Renewing the Mind. And so it starts off by saying, Today we want to talk about renewing the mind. I'd like to read two passages. The first one is out of Philippians 4 8, and it says Finally, brethren, actually I'm going to read what we have up there. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The Apostle Paul is obviously telling us that there are things that we should think on. In other words, we can choose our thoughts. This entire lesson today is on choice. It's on a decision that we have. Now, I know that we all have thoughts that are sometimes contrary to the word of God, according to Romans chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. And I'm actually going to read those. And so it says, For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. And how often do we, oh, I'm not even going to put it on you guys, how often do I feel that way? I'm, I'm having a thought and I'm like, this, this isn't God, why am I thinking this? And it's, I love God, why, why is this happening? And it's like you're fighting two versions of yourself. You're fighting what's in your mind and you're fighting the fact that you know that you love God and it's like, why am I thinking this? I mean, Paul is one of the strongest examples of a man who lives by faith in the Bible that we have, in my opinion, and he says himself that he feels like a prisoner in his mind sometimes. The law of sin that wars in us attacks our minds, but the Bible tells us out of Philippians that we don't have to sit there and let our thoughts build a nest. We can choose what we think on. The Bible also tells us that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's really important what we think on. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, the Bible says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect how these verses are so crazy guys because all it says is that by the renewing of your mind setting your mind on the things of God that's how you're going to prove the will of God if you set your mind on it that's how you're going to prove the will of God because What you think in your mind, you're doing in your heart, and out of your heart is going to be whether or not it's the will of God or it's not the will of God. The Bible says we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Did you know, and this I thought was really cool, did you know that when the Apollo spacecraft went up into space, they had to make a course correction every 10 minutes? They went to the moon in kind of like a zigzag. So it's like they went up, then they had to fix themselves. And they went up and they had to keep going. And when they eventually landed, they had a 500-mile designated landing zone, and they just barely made it within that zone, within a few feet. So it's like the entire time they're going up, they're like zigzagging all over the place and just barely made it in. But the thing is, is that the entire flight was successful. Though they had to keep correcting themselves the entire way up, they still landed, they still made it within the zone, and no one got hurt. The the flight was a success. And we need to set a course and make a total commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ by being a living sacrifice. And that means sometimes we need to do a course correction. The problem with a living sacrifice is, is that sometimes your living sacrifice wants to crawl off of the altar so we have to make course corrections in our thoughts and i mean that's all honestly it's like one day we are like i am all in i am i am pumped to live for jesus and then the next day it's like mm, i do i do not want to do that you know mm And you start to step off, and it's in those moments where we start to step off of what we've given our lives to that we have to correct ourselves, and we have to be willing to humble ourselves to do it. We have to have a heart that says, God, I want you, and I want you your way. Not our way. I want you your way. And see, for me, as I said, as I was reading through this, God just really kept speaking to me on it. And I'll let you guys know a little secret about myself. I am typically someone who, in the flesh, likes to prepare for the worst a whole lot. I like to think every situation out. I like to think through the ifs, the ands, the whats, the could be's, and figure out a remedy for every single solution. And as I was reading that, as I got to that particular point, the Holy Spirit really told me that preparing myself for the worst and trying to be wise in the natural. It's not being all in. It's not being all in with God. It's keeping a foot in both camps. It's keeping a foot in a, what am I going to do if this happens? And a, well, I don't actually think this is going to happen. I think God's going to, like, bless me and stuff, but what would I do if he doesn't? It's keeping your foot in both places, which is, as Brian said, is the worst place for us to be in. Because we're trying to prepare naturally for what could happen instead of just giving ourselves over to God. And, that, and it's in those moments that we need to be humble enough to do a course correction of, you know what, I'm not living the way I should be. I'm not focusing on God the way I should be. Not only do we need to make a total commitment, but part of having a victorious Christian life requires that we take the next step and be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We can't think like the world if we don't want the world's results. We can't think like everybody else and expect to have a different life. We can't think like the world is telling us to think and still have the results that Jesus tells us we can have. That's not being all in. And I tell you, I'm preaching to me more than I'm even preaching to you guys. I really am. As we read in Philippians 4, 8, we can choose what to think on. Whatsoever is lovely, just, of good report. Think on these things. What they would do in the Old Testament is take the word of God, put it on their doorposts, on their garments. That was constantly in front of them. They saw the word of God every day, all the time. They just had to look down, and it's like, Boom, Ten Commandments. I don't know if they had the Ten Commandments, but I bet you could get a Ten Commandments t-shirt. It was constantly in front of them. God instructed that they were to talk about the Word of God night and day, that they might observe to do what it said. And they were also to tell all these things to their children. It's very important what we think on. It's very important that we keep the Word of God in front of us all the time in order to really have a life of victory. The opposite of thinking on what's lovely and just and of good report is to not think on the things of God and the things of the Spirit. And now this little section that I'm about to read was one of the most powerful things for me, and it like, hit me like a ton of bricks, and I boxed Brian and Nicole as soon as I read it, and it was like a duh moment, because it's one of those, you know that you know it, you know that you've heard it, but it, when it hits you, it just hits you. So Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death. But the next part of that verse says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. It is life and it is peace to think on the things of the spirit of God. But if we start thinking about, basically if we start thinking about junk, if we start thinking about stuff that's awful, like, It says here adultery, the things of this world, money, covetousness, and so forth. Do you know what's going to happen in your life? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he will begin to act on these things. What we're focusing on and what we're thinking on, that's what's going to end up playing out. That's what's going to end up coming to pass. Yes, sir.
1: an indicator that those things are correct so you'll want to say that through the mic so people can hear it but if we're not having peace in life that's an indicator we are thinking on the wrong thing so when
0: we feel anxious, worried so to surmise what Pastor Brian just said is that when, we ha- when we're experiencing life and we're experiencing peace, that's an indicator that we're actually focusing on the things of God. But when things start to get really chaotic in our lives and when we just really feel overwhelmed and pressured and burdened, it's an indicator that we're not focusing on the things of God. We're not thinking about the things that God has called us to think about. We're focusing on stuff that God never asked us to look at. We'll begin to play those things out in our lives, and it will destroy our lives. You see, the real spiritual warfare for the believer is really not resisting or rebuking the devil all the time, although there are times that we need to do that. But spiritual warfare has to do with what we're thinking on and what we're dwelling on. And I'm going to pause here. And a couple weeks ago in youth, we actually talked about this. And Kristen, if you'll come up. I didn't tell you you were going to come up. I love you. You don't have to talk. But... As, as we are we're talking about this, because it's not just important for us as adults to know it, but it's important for the youth to know how to do it, for the students, for the super kids. It's important for everyone to know what causes chaos in our life. And so we are talking about where your focus needs to be. And you don't have to do a single thing. It's going to be great. You just <laughs> have to look toward your dad. Just look at your dad. So Kristen's going to stare where her dad is, and we're just going to pretend that where she's looking is she's looking at God. She's looking at the things of God. She is focusing on the things of God. She is focusing on what is good and what is pure and what is great. And then all of a sudden, Satan will come up and he'll be like, hey, 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 Kristen. You know, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but, but there's all this stuff going on in your life. Hey, hey, you, you, you need to think about this. You need to be able to figure out what's going on. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and that's it all satan has to do is get you to turn your head away from god and it's a disconnection from god see kristen didn't do anything all kristen did was turn her head away from being poked or turned toward satan to see you know what back off all she has to do is fix her eyes on the things of god you're good baby thank you All she has to do is look where God's told her to look, and she's going to be able to power through it. She's going to be able to know what the will of God is. She's going to know answers. She's going to know everything. But it's in those moments where we turn our head to be like back off that we're no longer looking at God because God has our solution already figured out for us. We don't have to turn our heads. We don't have to be concerned. We just have to stay focused and let our minds stay focused and not travel down all the what if this, what if this, what if this. Because those what ifs may not be things that we are supposed to focus on. Those what ifs may never come to pass. And they're just taking our energy from us. That to me was one of the biggest things because... If we let ourselves go down all of these little bunny trails of what happens if I make this decision? What if this is the wrong decision? What happens if this is the wrong decision and XYZ happens on top of it? Well, then I've lost A, B, C, D, E, and all of this is... And you go through all of this junk that you were never meant to focus on and you're missing the will of God. Because the will of God, if you keep it in front of you, he's going to answer all of this stuff for you. You don't need to figure out steps one through seven. If God's told you step one, do step one and let him figure everything out and let him tell you. It's oh, it's such a huge, huge point. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3 that God will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him. There are times during the day that we all need to make course adjustments. Just like it says in Romans 12, we need to say, God, these are wrong thoughts. I need to turn around and renew my mind and start thinking about the things that are lovely and just and of good report. So if you've got a stronghold, if you're in bondage, if you find yourself thinking things that you shouldn't be thinking, you need to catch yourself immediately. I'm going to read it again because there's an emphasis that I want to make. If you find yourself thinking things that you shouldn't be thinking, you need to catch yourself immediately. It's not God needs to catch you immediately. It's you need to catch yourself immediately. You need to do it. We need to be all in enough to catch ourselves when we're thinking stuff that we shouldn't be and be like, no, that's wrong. That's wrong, God. I want to thank your thoughts and stop yourself and go after him again. The Bible says if we will draw near to God, he will draw near to us. If we resist the enemy, he will flee from us. There are times in my life when I've let things slip, and this is what Andrew O'Meack is writing, when I've let things slip and let depression rise up. At those times, it's hard to pick up the Bible and sit down and take a passage and say, God, this is what you say about me. This is who you say that I am. You are my strength. And did you know that your victory is that simple? And today is apparently just going to be super illustration day, but, I mean, yesterday, yesterday was a really good example. I was with George, and he's about to leave for two months up to um, do his deployment for the Army, and so last, or this past weekend is really our last full weekend being alone together, and I checked my phone, and I had a message from my brother who let me know that my grandmother was in the hospital. And according to the doctors, she wasn't supposed to live. She was supposed to die Um, really soon. My mom was just beside herself. And it was just this huge mess that happened right there. And I just sat on the floor, and I was trying to focus on God, and I was trying to focus on what was good. And George comes over, and he goes, do you want to pray? And I sure didn't, in all honesty. Like, I'm just being real with you guys. I didn't want to. I didn't. I had no desire to, because I'm like, I've got this, I'm gonna, I'm fine, I'm calming down, it's okay, and all it was was a matter of, let's just pray on this, and it was immediate, and then I sought out Brian and Nicole immediately afterwards, and we're like, hey, pray with us too, and it could have been a complete mess up of a day, but we didn't let it, and it was a matter of, let's focus on what you have for us, God. And I talked to my mom this morning, and my grandmother is doing better. And my grandmother, who does not at all love Jesus, who did not at all know that anyone was praying for her, sent me a message through my mom this morning thanking me were praying for her and that she felt that the prayers were working and asking me to continue. My mom has, they have no relationship with Jesus at all, but that's God. It could have very easily been, I went into a tailspin where I freaked out just like Paige came up a few weeks ago and shared. She could have just freaked out about her mom, but it's focusing on where God wants you to focus on. But as I said, it's not easy. I had zero desire to pray yesterday, none. But it doesn't matter what I want or don't want. It matters on where my focus is. And as soon as I take my focus off, that's when Satan can get in there. And that's why it's important to have someone with you, like your pastors. I mean, for me, it was George, and, that, and it was Brian and Nicole, but it's important to have someone who will point you back there when you don't want to point yourself. George, George is pretty awesome, I'm just saying You need to say, I'm going to resist what I'm letting the enemy do to me right now. I'm going to sit down and open the Bible. And I'm not just going to read some words on the pages, but I'm going to connect with the God behind those words. I'm going to let my mind be stayed upon him. And Lord, this is what you say about me. You say that I'm forgiven, that I'm cleansed, and you say that nothing, 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 nothing can separate me from your love. When you sit there and you just think about all the good things that God has done for you, in just a few minutes, you're going to forget about all of those other things. And then he uses an illustration, which I've heard before, but in this context I thought was really smart. Let me use an illustration. I heard a man one time say, now what I'm going to tell you to do is not think about pink elephants for the next 10 minutes. What are you guys going to think about if I tell you guys not to think about pink elephants? You guys are going to think about pink elephants. And then he asked, what color is the Statue of Liberty? And somebody said green. And he said, well, which arm is the Statue of Liberty holding up? And someone said it was the right arm. And then he asked, what does the Statue of Liberty have in her hand? And someone said it was a torch. And then the man said, what happened to your thoughts about pink elephants? They're gone. Because, you see, it's not a matter of saying, now don't you think these thoughts. Don't think this way. Because all of a sudden you can... I can tell myself all day and long, don't freak out because my grandmother's in the hospital. But the more I'm like, don't freak out, don't freak out, don't freak out, don't freak out, don't freak out. And then you f- freak out. Oh, man, so many song references. Anyway, I will suppress that. But no, what you're, if you tell yourself not to think about something, you're going to end up thinking about it. It's a matter of focusing your thoughts elsewhere, purposing yourself to focus your thoughts elsewhere. Scripture is really telling us that we need to replace negative thoughts with God's thoughts when we see these things coming against us and when we're thinking something we shouldn't think, we need to immediately call our mind to our new identity. Yeah. We need to immediately turn to the Lord, connect with him, not just with words on a page, but with the God behind those words. And the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 6 that as we do so, we will see the transformation of life. Woo! There goes the mic. Cool. Hey, George, could you help me? I don't think about the mic. The mic didn't fall. It's great. Yeah, I got it. Thank you. As our minds are stayed upon Him and the things of the Spirit. We're to think on these things and walk this day in the liberty and the freedom that Christ has purchased for you. Now again, that's a lot of, we can do this. You need to be the one to make this decision. You need to be the one to do that. And that's not always the most fun of things to hear. I I very well get that. It's not fun to know, you know what, if this has been happening in my life, it's because I've been letting it happen. But you know what? There's so much freedom in that. If you focus on the pressure eyes part of that, then you miss the entire sermon. Because if you focus on crap, I've been messing up. I said it for you, Rachel. You're welcome. Um, Rachel's been laughing every time that I say that while I'm up here. Um, but no, if you focus on the, oh, woe is me. I'm messing up. You're not thinking on life. You're not thinking on God. You're not thinking on that stuff. Because if we focus our energies and our minds on God as we're listening to this, then freedom will hit you. Because it's a matter of, I can change this. I have the power to make this different. I have the power to make the decision that I'm not going to let this happen anymore. I get to be the one to control that. Satan doesn't control that. No one else controls that except for me. And if it's me, I can fix it. And I can fix it right now, right at this moment. Because if you've been experiencing pressure, and I can tell you I have, I've been experiencing a whole bunch of it because I've let it come on me. I've let it come on me in the past. I've let fear take me over in the past. But it was my decision to do so, just like it's my decision today to stand up and be like, I'm not doing it anymore. This does not have me. This is not my life. My life is God's life, and God, I'm going to stay fixed on you. My eyes are on you, and so no matter what poking is happening, I'm not turning away from you. I'm not turning my eyes onto anything except who you are. I will not let my mind go down different bunny trails. I will not let pressures come in and affect me to the point that I'm crippling over and just in fear and bondage that I was never supposed to be in because I get to say so. I get to determine whether or not I stay there and I get to determine when I leave and when it's over with. And right now as you're hearing this, it can be done like that because it's a matter of a decision. It's a matter of a choice. And it's a matter of whether or not you want to be all in with God. It goes right hand in hand with what Brian and Nicole have been preaching. It goes right hand in hand with it because if we don't renew our mind, regardless of what we say, if our mind doesn't back up what we say, then we're unstable. And it, an unstable man can't serve God the way that he's supposed to. Because even if he walks out the things of God, even if he's like, I trust you, I trust you, I think I trust you, I don't know if I trust you, maybe I don't trust you at all. Well, I guess I do. No, I really don't. When he's supposed to be halfway down the road, and it, he, he may get there, but it's going to take him, Whereas God may be like, you should have been there 30 days ago. Y'all should have been there three years ago. I had so much stuff laid up for you, and my plans are still just as good for you. But if we're not willing to commit our minds to God the way that it should be, our lives are going to be a back and forth and a back and forth and a back and forth. And God can't move in us the way that he should be. But we can stop it right now. We don't have to live that way. We don't have to live in bondage anymore. We don't have to do any of this stuff. We can experience that freedom and that godliness and that overwhelming sense of joy and peace and love in our lives right now. And so before we get into any sort of questions, I just want to take a minute and I just want to pray. God, we just thank you so much. And we thank you for how easy you've made our lives for you to be. God, we thank you that it's just a decision that we have to make. God, we thank you that you are always for us and never against us. And so, God, any sort of condemnation that may be in this place today, any sort of pressure on maybe we haven't lived our lives the way that we've been supposed to, any sort of... Of any feeling that's not of you, may it go now in the name of Jesus so that your love, your freedom, and your power can be felt in this place today. God, you are only hope, only what is good, only what is pure. And today, you're going to move in us because our eyes are fixed on you. And we love you in your name. Amen. Because this is, this is such such good news oh this is this is so cool so we're just going to kind of read through these because in all honesty i kind of want i want john benton to answer all of them but i'm not going to put him on the spot his first day back <laughs> it's gonna be fine um so we're gonna reread romans 12 1 through two again therefore i urge you brethren by the mercies of god to present your body as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. What are we to do with our bodies? Anyone, anyone, anyone? We're supposed to present them. Yep. Yep, we're supposed to present them as a living sacrifice. Absolutely. Romans twelve two says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What are we supposed to be different than? The world. And then, Abby, if you'll go back to Romans 12, 1 and 2, or to the beginning of it anyway, baby. Thank you. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And then verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What two things do we need to do according to these verses? So the first one is present your body. You need to give yourself up as a sacrifice. And what's the second thing that we have to do? Once we've given ourselves as a sacrifice and we've laid ourselves down on the altar, we have to renew our mind. Absolutely. And then Acts seventeen eleven. I know I'm kinda hopping all over the place. Thank you for being awesome, Abigail. Acts seventeen eleven says, Now these were more noble minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. What must we make our thinking line up with? Scriptures. We have to make our thoughts match up with the Word of God, and then Romans. Eight, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not on.
1: Not on. It might be the battery. Hello. Awesome. Can you hear me?
0: <laughs> so pleased
1: that you're here. <laughs> if your eyes certain, I this is certain. fun. So if we're lining up our thoughts with scripture what else are we lining it up with the will of God the character the nature of God a lot of times people see scripture as kind of a static but not living thing but what makes scripture itself is not necessarily words written on a page but it defines the character and nature of God so our thinking comes in line with his will
0: And then Romans 8, 5 through 6 says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. You guys are awesome. Isaiah 26, 3. And these are the last two questions that we've got. The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. How cool is that verse? How cool is that verse? He trusts in you. Just, I mean, the first part is a promise, and that's awesome. But the last part, he trusts, stink, that's awesome. How do we stay in perfect peace? We keep our mind on him. What are some ways that we can keep our minds on God? And this isn't in that particular verse, but what are, what are some things that we can do? Surround ourselves with God. Surround ourselves with godly-minded people, absolutely. We can, we can
2: recall the times that God has been with us in the past, the times God has answered prayer, the times God has saved us in times of trouble. Yeah. That's the, the whole basis of the memorial book in the book of Malachi.
0: Yeah, what John was saying is keeping in your mind times that God has been with you. And for me, I hear that and I think back to the verse in Revelation um, they have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. For me, that's all testimony. Going over stuff God's done for you, that's testimony, and that's speaking life over you. That's part of the reason that we ask for testimonies in here, because how God's impacted you will impact others. How God saved you, God's not a respecter of person, so if he saves Dixie, he's going to save me. If he saves me, he's going to save Rachel. It's, it's a domino effect. And so absolutely, thinking on times that God has been there for you. Andrew also says to pray to pray to God, to praise him, to sing worship songs, to read the Bible, to connect with God. And you can absolutely connect to God through other people as well. It's just so important to make sure that you're surrounding yourself and you're immersing yourself in godliness and in the word and around people who are like-minded with you because it it, it goes back to if you think like the world thinks you can't expect different results. That's just crazy. You can't do something that someone in the world is doing and expect to have God shine through it just because you love God. It's the same. If you're doing the same stuff, you're going to have the same reaction. It's going to happen. So, we can't surround ourselves constantly with all this secular, worldly garbage and expect our lives to shine just as bright as someone like Brother Shambach who didn't allow it in his home. And I'm not saying you can't enjoy music or watch TV or something, but it's really something to consider. Where our mind is focused, that's where our thoughts are going to be focused. So if we've just binge-watched, like, I don't know, True Blood or whatever the zombie TV show is, I can't even think right now about that stuff. But, I mean, if we are just watching all this stuff, then we go outside and it's, that's where our minds are going to be, whether or not we think about it. But if we immerse immersed ourselves with God by being surrounded with people who love him. That's what our lives are going to be. If I wasn't near George yesterday, I'd, I feel like I probably would have reached out to Brian and Nicole relatively soon, but I wouldn't have done it as quickly as I did yesterday because George was right there. And he was like, let's pray, let's go. Let's do this right now. We're praying right now. We're getting God's will in this right now. We're getting him in this situation. That's why it's so important to surround yourself with family. That's what this church is. That's what the body of Christ is. Not just this church, but people in other churches too. We're family. We're here to help you. It's never a matter of condemnation. If Paige comes up to me after this and she's like, you know what, Barrett? I've been thinking this whole truckload of really bad stuff. Um, I shouldn't have looked at little Rachel. Um, <laughs> but if I'm thinking all this stuff that's negative, it's never going to be a page. You shouldn't be doing that. I cannot believe you're... It's a speaking life into her, speaking love into her. That's part of renewing your mind is to not hear something and immediately think she, she's a really crappy Christian. It's a matter of speak life over her so that she can be the person she was called to be in the body of Christ. This, this message messed me up in the best of ways and I really, really hope that it's done the same with you because it's so vital. So I've been 90% of my pastor today, so we're going to pray. And, oh, Brian's got something. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Not for you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're All right. Hmm? No, you're fine. So uh, a couple of things. You know, we talked about this in Wednesday night service a couple of Wednesdays ago. And I opened up the service by going would you like to see 90% of your problems go away instantly? And it all had to do with changing your mind. And and we have to watch those things. If uh, I want to go back to that interruption where I interrupted Barrett earlier. is If you're thinking on something, and all of a sudden you're getting real frustrated and ang- angry, that is not on the Spirit. So that's not on the things of God. That's why there's no peace there. That's why as soon as you start... To, you should recognize that emotion. As soon as I start to feel unrest, anxiousness, I need to change my thinking. I need to go back to the promises, stand on the triumph of God, and change my thinking. And you know, one of the things that I point you know, thought about in there is this: is so many times I'll have people. You know, we'll preach, we'll have this great message, you know, and man, God's moving, you know, hallelujah, and everything, and I go over to the door, and I'm telling everybody goodbye, and somebody will go, so, I know, that was a good message, but I got this stuff going on in my life, and I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, and everything like that. So if anybody does that today, well, no, they weren't in this class. So, um, <laughs> but they'll do that, and I'll go, but it's changing right now, right? And and it's not that I'm having a lack of concern for them. I do have a lack of care for the problem. And my job properly to lead is to help change that thinking that would hear a great message and then go, I I don't know what I'm going to do about this. Why are you even thinking about what you're going to do about this? God's going to do something about this. Stop trying to take it on yourself. Cast your cares on the Lord. And then you know one of the questions that people have is they'll say, You said this earlier, I need to change this stuff. I can change this. And you said that's a little sobering when you realize that the problems that I'm having have been me. But it's also very uplifting when you realize there's an answer. I don't have to live the way that I've been. Well, here's the other thing is the question that people have is like, wait a minute. Time out. I thought God was sovereign. I thought this stuff was happening because He wanted it to happen. You know, God is sovereign. And in His sovereignty, He told you to think on the right things. He told you to think on Scripture and put that authority sovereignly in your hands. So then at that moment, instantly, when he said resist the devil and he will flee, think on these things, dwell on these things that are worthy of praise, a mindset on, on life and peace, on the Scriptures is life and peace. What he was saying is, you now have control of what happens based off of, are you thinking about me? Are you keeping your eyes on me? Or are you going to think on the issue and the problem that's going to bring you anxiousness, anxiety, fear, and death. So it's in our hands. And it's not in our hands because we're taking it from God. We couldn't do that if we wanted to. It's in our hands because He sovereignly gave that ability and that authority to us. Matter of fact, the majority of your life and this earth is sovereignly in the hands of humanity. He said, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth I have given unto the sons of men. Again, I've said this before, this is why Jesus had to become a man. and That'll play in today in the, in the message. That's why he had to become a man, because God had already given the earth to men. Yeah. He was waiting on men to give the earth back to him yeah. in their authority. Amen. Yeah. So give the earth back to him in your life by instantly changing your thoughts right now and thinking on his things. Amen? Amen. I need that
2: Go ahead, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay for the next service because my mind might not be able
1: to. Here, let me help you so they can hear you. That would not have worked. It was pointed toward your head. There
2: you okay. go. I said, I might not be able to to uh, stay for the next service. My mind might not have a sore what she just got through to her. I mean, here's the purchase. But uh, since uh, just last night, uh, well, let me start. Since I moved come to this town uh, six, about six weeks ago, uh, the Holy Spirit led me to this church. And uh, the message, I've been dealing with the Holy Spirit for a while. Try, uh, anyway. He and I are close. I mean, we laugh together, we talk together, we walk together, we sleep together. So it's no—I mean, I've got the Holy Spirit. But when the first service I came, it was was on the Holy Spirit, and I think the Holy Spirit led me to this church. But last night, three o'clock—whether this morning, three o'clock this morning—I had a dream. It wasn't a good dream, and so I woke myself up and and I asked the Lord, "Why did I have that dream?" And so then I, I opened my eyes, so I said, I'm not going to let this take hold of me. Yeah. Yeah. And here it was this morning, with this, yes. this, this sermon, and the whole time, the, the whole body of people here, and I've I've gained a lot from being in y'all's crowd. Amen. I'm finishing the job. Amen. I might not be here next Sunday. I might be finishing up, but uh, hopefully I'll be here Wednesday anyway. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to share that, that part, that... Uh, and the Holy Spirit's still working with me. Um, we, we've talked and so forth, but we're still going to talk some more. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say about that. God,
1: so God moved on you, right, Tell talking about the things that you needed right on time.
2: Right. Amen. Right. I mean, this whole time I've been here, it's been a blessing for a lot of things that's happened. And yeah. but. Uh, like, Anyway, the, just the thing last night and then this morning was just, and some of the other services too, like the Holy Spirit leading me here the day that you talked on the Holy Spirit. So yeah. that's all i got to say about that. <laughs> God.
0: Okay, I promise we're done now. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to pray. This is, I'm, I'm not at all sorry that we've gone this long. This has been God and this has been awesome. And praise God that he spoke to you like that today. I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for that. God, we just love you, and we just thank you that you have each and every single one of us in your minds and in in your heart, and that, God, that you have things designated for us today, that today you have something for each and every single one of us in this sermon that you have graciously and humbly asked me to preach, and that you've given to Pastor Brian, and that you've given to Nicole when she does tithes and offering. that today let no one leave this place untouched by you. Let no one enter this place without experiencing you. Because God, you have a plan for today, and we thank you for it. We thank you that you have given us authority over our minds and over the devil. And God, we thank you that we get to live a life that is filled with peace, and your victory, because you love us that much, and we just thank you for it. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for the service that's about to come. We love you, and in your name, amen. If you were supposed to go park cars, I would go do that right now, y'all, because we're 10 minutes from class, because someone preached long. And go say hi to everybody!